Hello and welcome to another episode of One Star Bazaar, where we watch the movies critics hated to see if some might be underrated. This week's offering is a fairly new film. It came out in 2017, and it is a horrible disaster film that I have, was not looking forward to seeing, but you were. Yes, I was. I wanted to see it in theaters really badly. I did not get around to it. And now I'm going to make you watch it. This would be the film Geostorm. Geostorm. Directed by Dean Devlin. Written by Dean Devlin and Paul Guyot. Uh, in theaters October 20th, 2017. Starring Gerard Butler, Jim Sturgis, and Abby Cornish. A 15% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 21% on Metacritic. Which is one of the lower Metacritic scores I think we've reviewed so far. Yes. This film is currently available for streaming on HBO Go. So the synopsis we have is, Satellites designed to prevent natural disasters begin to fail, threatening to create a worldwide geostorm that could wipe out everything. Okay. Everyone. Okay, first of all, what the... <laughs> what is a geostorm? Nobody knows. Okay. What I'm assuming this movie is going to be, and we're about to go into it, and of course we'll talk about it once we've watched it, this is basically the core, except in that movie, bad stuff happened, and they had to take care of it after finding out, whereas this movie sounds like humanity decided to play God and try to, like, control the weather, and Mother Nature was like, hell no. That, or is it, like, hackers? Ooh, terrorists. Is it like a terrorist thing? We don't know. We're okay, gonna we, we don't know anything about this movie. Other than Other than it was bad, I guess. It's <laughs> some kind of crazy disaster storm thing that's gonna wipe us all out like day after tomorrow. And I love disaster movies. I like, will admit. No I, matter how bad they are. I did kinda like Day After Tomorrow. What about twenty twelve? That was okay, but not great. But I did what about see it in, in San Andreas? That also was okay, but not great. There are also some good um, ones. Like there's a, I think it's, I don't know if it's Norwegian or Swedish, but it's called The Wave. Yeah. That one's pretty good. I guess the point of this is, this is apparently like a very specific niche genre that has way more movies in it than you would just think off the top of your head. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like normally they are kind of... B or C movie quality. Like, they're usually straight to video. Um, I mean, not the big ones that we just mentioned, though. That's true. I guess there kind of has been a resurgence in the disaster movie Speaking genre. Of resurgence, you could almost argue that Independence Day is kind of a disaster movie, except with aliens causing the disaster instead of nature. Yeah. That was directed by Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich did direct Independence Day, Godzilla, Day After Tomorrow, 2012. So, so he loves disaster movies He too. loves big, kind of action-y things like that. So, back to Geostorm. So A.O. Scott of the New York Times. I feel like we probably... He's he's a pretty popular re- reviewer. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. I mean, he's the New York Times critic. So, you know, one of the big ones. Geostorm uses digital technology to lay waste to a bunch of cities and hacky screenwriting to assault the dignity of several fine actors. 
Ouch. <laughs> I'm curious who are the fine actors that are in this film because and none of the people. Okay, well, none of the people you read at the beginning of the intro are fine actors, in my opinion. They're not the top-billed people. Okay. Mike D'Angelo of AV Club had this to say. For most people, 15 minutes worth of impressive annihilation won't be worth enduring an hour and a half of dramatic monotony. Well, that's disappointing to hear going into this. (laughs) Christopher Rosen of Entertainment Weekly said Geostorm in a nutshell, a bunch of supposedly connected scenes that don't seem to even know each other and were maybe shot years apart. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's... Well, that, that is bad. That's, that's <laughs> one of the more scathing sentences I think we've ever re- read on this show. Well, I feel like going into this, Ben, our expectations could not be lower. Uh, they're pretty low. I mean... They're not the lowest, because last week we watched Highlander 2, so hopefully this movie is a step up from that. I mean, it has to be, right? It might not be. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and watch it, and we will be back with our thoughts after this. All right, Geostorm. Let's let's talk about it. This movie is literally (laughs) a combination of 2012 and White House Down. Actually, maybe it's more like With Day the... After Tomorrow in White House Down. Okay, fair enough. Either Because 2012, there's that whole like yeah, government you know... conspiracy thing. Yeah. How is that different from this movie? <laughs> Whatever. This is your Day After Tomorrow slash 2012 disaster, like, you know, storm, earth apocalypse stuff. Combined with White House Down, with a little bit of the core mixed in, except they're in space instead of going into the Earth. It's, I mean, basically not original, right? Right. Very (laughs) formulaic of like, let's combine one part this, one part this, and a dash of this other one into a new stew of, like, disaster whatever. (laughs) So let's go ahead and talk about the acting. Not great, in my opinion. Yeah. I honestly did not care at all for the younger brother character. Yeah. Like, he was not not good. He was kind of bland. Gerard Butler was... Kind of felt like he was phoning he it was in just a little. just Gerard Butler. Like, I don't think anyone thinks he's an amazing actor. Yeah. I mean, what's his best role ever? Probably 300, as far as... Yeah. And even there, he like, he, anyway, he kind of comes off as the not-as-good Russell Crowe. Yeah. Is he Australian or British or something? I don't Scottish? Know. I don't know what he is. I don't know. Whatever. Um, we don't care. And then in terms of the, like, relationships between the characters, so two of the primary characters are, like, secretly dating Gerard Butler and the other guy are brothers but none of them have, like, good chemistry. Well, at least, I mean, the brothers, they, they're... They're, like, estranged. Yeah, that's the word. They haven't seen each other in years. And then it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm coming to see you. It's like, I hate you. Well, I hate, no, well, no. Well, are you going to help me or not? It's like, when did he even ask for help? (laughs) Like, why aren't you going to help me? It's like, you never said anything. Like, the right, okay. 
Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get into the story then, Please since do. you have story problems. Does this it, movie has story, story problems. Story slash writing, same thing? Yes. Does the story okay. make sense? And So, this movie is not well written. Like, That's it's fair. lazy and formulaic, and also just, it just kind of, there's no subtlety. I've complained about that in the past with other things we've watched, where they're just like, here's, we're going to introduce the this movie with just... Here's a voiceover explaining how we got to this point, which is fine, to be quite honest. It's how they did that in Terminator, Terminator Salvation. movies are. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. fine. You gotta kind of quickly set it up, but then it keeps going where they just don't explain stuff very well. And like I said, you know, the characters don't really. They. It oscillates between we're going to have this conversation that is only – it's completely unnatural for people to have a conversation except that the audience needs to know what's going on. So that's why they're doing it. Right. But at the same time, it flips to not giving us enough information and then they all of a sudden jump to conclusions and they're like, aha, that means this. And you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it it relied on us making a lot of assumptions Which about the situation. Not to sound arrogant, but we're pretty intelligent people. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is not really designed to be watched by intelligent people. The kind of people that like this are just like, oh, let's go to Redbox and get this movie that's got explosions and whatever. Okay, great. And let's it does go. have a lot of those. That's for sure. But does it? I kind of saw the point of the one review we read, which was like, does the 15 minutes of action, is that made up for by the, like the hour and a half of just boredom <laughs> because here's the interesting and this is actually an interesting thing about this movie that i did not expect going in the first half of this movie is basically a mystery yeah it's basically a almost police procedural type thing where they're going all right we got to figure out who is the who's the mole slash spy slash traitor slash you know villain that's doing all this stuff and that actually was interesting, except they didn't do it well. Yeah. <laughs> like, if they had done it well, I would have been like, oh, okay, you know what I mean. And, okay, I'm not going to say a spoiler, but I'm just going to say this. Well, the people have spoken, and the people say they don't mind spoilers. If you have seen the movie White House Down, then you've seen You this. literally know who the bad guy is. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> The person who's the bad guy in White House Down is the person who's the bad guy in this movie. <laughs> like, almost to the exact position that the person has, right? Almost with the exact same, like, nefarious goal and method of reaching that goal. <laughs> like, it's literally the same storyline. So, okay. despite its formulaicness and it's not great acting are you still kind of engaged with what's going on on screen i was mostly engaged i i did reach for the ipad a few times because i was like i don't care and i'm just gonna read <laughs> but what i was reading was more like hmm who is this actor like what else have they done you know who's she like yeah um i mean for me like I have seen some very bad disaster movies. I'm sure. This is not that bad. Um, Let's, okay, hold on. 
let's go with that for a second. Let's clarify. Okay. A lot of those movies are solid B movies. That's true. Like low budget, no name actors or or you know C level actors. So setting those aside, because we tend to not really focus on this podcast on like movies you know are going to be bad because just they never had a chance and they didn't try. As an actual Hollywood big budget film with definite like name household name stars. Yeah. How does this movie compare? Okay. So I'm going to compare it to The Core okay. in 2012. Okay. Okay. This movie in my opinion is better than The Core. Really? But worse than 2012. Okay. I will that's probably fair and I can't argue because I have never watched in its entirety the core maybe i did i don't know you might have made me watch it i i I do not remember and it was not intentional okay so i re-watched the core again recently yes because the first time i saw it when it came out i hated it i thought it was so stupid i thought the special effects looked bad i can i just say yeah when i saw the trailer for the core I hated it, and I thought it was stupid. Okay, so but I, I, I didn't I need to see through it. the whole movie. I didn't need to to know it was gonna be terrible. Yeah. So, and the reason I put 2012 above this one is because the interpersonal relationships between the characters in right. 2012 are so much better. Also, John Cusack is a way better actor. Than yes. But I mean, even like the kids in that movie do a great job in 2012. So like, I think the caliber overall of that movie is better. Like, and it's got funny parts. It's got, you know, uh, kind of like heartfelt parts and it's kind of got a bit more of everything. Right. Whereas this just feels like it tried to be like a straight, like action disaster kind of movie. And I don't really think it does it that well. So just for the record, tw- the movie 2012 is a 40% of Rotten Tomatoes and a 49% of Metacritic. So, so essentially, better. just above our threshold. It's doubly as good as this movie. Well, Because this one has a 15% on... That's one way of looking at it. The point is, <laughs> 2012 is considered by critics to be a cut above this. What Not... about the core? Okay. Look that I up. I will look that up. Check it. Well, while you are checking it, I want to get into our... Things. Uh, the core has essentially the exact same rating as 2012. Oh, really? 40 and 48 instead of 40 and 49. All right. Well, anyway. That was also like what, 15, 18 years ago? Like yeah. I think it was in high school. So. Well, what about? I mean, this is obviously worse than the day after tomorrow. Yes. Oh man, we're just gonna <laughs> just <laughs> go through all of them. Volcano, Dante's Peak. Let's do it. Um, we're not, I'm not looking those ones up. Okay. (laughs) But I think, well, I think overall disaster movies as a genre aren't typically critically acclaimed. Oh no. And by the way, Day After Tomorrow is almost exactly on the same level as The Core in 2012, 44 (laughs) and 47%. So that's the highest you can get for a disaster (laughs) movie, apparently. The ceiling is a 50%. On Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, you know what? I think I think the highest rated disaster movie that I can think of is going to be the original Poseidon, Poseidon Adventure. Adventure. 
Yeah. From like the 70s right. or whenever. Yeah. That's probably going to be the best one. Um, but in general, yeah, these types of movies aren't great. So I feel like this one, it's not the worst of those types of movies, but it's certainly not the top. So it's kind of just middle of the road for disaster movies. The interesting thing about disaster movies is they basically are, I don't know what you'd call it. They are like a action race against time race for survival movie, but with giant things that just kill masses of people in cities, right? Yeah. Like, Deep Blue Sea, or Alien, like, if you replace the monsters with weather, that's basically a disaster movie, right? I forgot about Armageddon and... Okay, I'm not looking up all the scores in Well, Armageddon <laughs> is on our one-star well, list. Well, so, okay, great. But I feel like people love that movie because of the relationships in it. Like, the whole point of disaster movies isn't that things get destroyed and, oh, look at all this destruction. It's, it's look at how these people, stress. like, come together in this situation. Right. So that's what people are drawn to in the good versions of these movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the bad ones, you're like, I don't care about these people. Well, that was the, I hope that, they like die. Said, that's the problem with this movie. Yeah. Is the relationships, there was no payoff. Or, you know, there wasn't enough of a setup. To lead to a good payoff. Yeah. Probably the most heartfelt relationship was between Gerard Butler and his daughter. Yeah, and even... But even then, that was literally, like, 90 seconds on screen. Yeah. If that. Yeah, you know, they could have played it up a lot more. Like, it reminded me a lot of a crappier version of Matthew McConaughey and his daughter in Interstellar. Like, the daughter gets mad because he's always leaving to go off to space or whatever. Right. And she's like, ah, I hate you, but I love you, and I just want you to be there for me. Yeah. But they didn't play that up at all. Right. Whereas in Interstellar, that's, like, so Maybe, much of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, So, obviously, this movie does a lot of things poorly, which we talked about in trying to figure out if it did anything well. Uh, does it do anything well? Well, like I said, it was interesting the way they tried to make it kind of this espionage mystery, but it, and I said it was like police procedural, and I totally mean that, because if you watch those shows and you just basically get the formula, I'm talking the, the NCIS, CSI, Bones, I don't even, there's probably 50 more, I stopped watching them a few years ago, because they got so formulaic, right? If you are familiar with that formula, it's really kind of easy to watch this and be like, oh, that guy. Well, no, that's probably a false, you know. Yeah, that's a red herring. That's a red herring. Like, it's, okay, maybe, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, it's probably them. But even then you're like, oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. And even, the, uh, and even okay. the earlier parts of the movie, too, where they're, like, discovering the conspiracy, that's a really common you know, like formula that you see in other movies where like the, oh, people who discover this secret wind up dead in these mysterious circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like it's definitely, yeah, very unoriginal, very played out. I mean, I'm trying to think if, and we, we had just watched Highlander 2 last week. So you had brought up, we just watched a movie about a bubble that protects the earth. Yes, in Highlander 2... (laughs) For no reason at all that makes no sense and relates nothing to the immortals and killing each other. I guess, well, 
granted going into this movie i didn't think it was going to be like really good um i still feel like it's not terrible okay was it better or worse than you expected it was it i really hope you say worse just admit it it was worse than you expected it yeah, it was it was worse than okay. I expected. Okay, it's funny because it was actually better than I expected, <laughs> and it's probably that's not really saying anything to this movie's credit. That's probably purely because I had very low expectations, and you were kind of hoping it would be okay. Yeah, maybe that's and true. it disappointed you, and it actually like didn't disappoint me enough. Okay, can we also talk about the German chick? And why she was just sitting in a dark room in a space yes. suit in that one scene. Yes. That... Space suit ex machina. <laughs> like... Yes. We... Okay. So Gerard Butler stays behind because someone needs to manually restart the satellites. And to she's... To prevent the geostorm. To prevent the geostorm. Which is not a word. I Googled they it. use they the name of the movie so many times in the movie. Well, yeah. Um, and she's like, okay, cool. And you think she gets on the space shuttle to go back to Earth and leave him there to die. But no, no. She's just sitting there waiting for him. At As the... he rushes to get out and get to the escape pod that's like, whatever. No. She's just like. No, he's oh, rushing right. to get to the thing okay, to manually right. put right. in the code or whatever. Yeah. So she's just been sitting there for like 25 minutes. And by the way, okay. He has to rush from one part of the space station to the other. As it's exploding, it's self-destructing. I want to talk about this self-destruct thing. Because yeah. there's a scene, so the, 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 you know, the bad guy, whatever, who's trying to screw everything up, put all this in motion and start this chain reaction of satellites causing mass climate problems that will lead to this geostorm, which is essentially a giant chain reaction of storms on the earth that will set off further, you know, more and more storms and kill everyone. Just... So we're aware. Not everyone. Well. Just the yeah, bad people. Not America, apparently. <laughs> Some parts of America. Okay. Like Florida. So, yeah. So, <laughs> the bad guy has set this in motion. And in doing so, has set the self-destruct in motion. So the self-destruct is now on. One of the people was like, why would you guys even build a self-destruct into this station? And Gerard Butler's like, in case it ever, like, started to fall to Earth and was going to, you know, blow up and kill people on Earth. Okay, great. That actually makes sense. What doesn't make sense is, why would the self-destruct take, like, two hours to blow up the space station? That is true. I have to believe, I'm not, again, we are not astronaut scientists, and I haven't done any math. I probably could. I could find the distance and the acceleration. But I have to imagine that... In the situation he described where the self-destruct would be needed because the thing is collapsing and falling to Earth, it would have to fall to Earth less than two hours from when it starts. Right? Nobody knows. Okay. It's Um, just, it's dramatic. They had to put it in. So you had super low expectations. Yes. It slightly exceeded those expectations. Yes. Would I recommend this movie? Yeah. (laughs) If... You like disaster films. Which I do. Like bad ones. 
even or like mediocre ones like the ones all the ones we've mentioned if that kind of movie is your thing i would actually probably recommend it and i only say that because i feel like a lot of people like are not in that target audience that's true it's not a very popular and genre and a lot of the people that aren't necessarily like disaster film connoisseurs but they just kind of watch films like this they're the they're just the people that watch films like this they're gonna watch it they're gonna watch a lot of them they're gonna watch you know like transformers movies ninja turtles michael bay movies yeah this that is that kind of thing i mean it's like it's a it's a big dumb movie you know it's not, not necessarily a good thing because sometimes a big dumb movie can be fun that's true and you enjoy it like and a, you're like it doesn't have to take itself seriously. yeah it's fine like, I mean, there's some, you know, like, summer popcorn movies that, right. you know, don't take themselves too seriously and are just fun. This movie, the budget was $120 million and it made $220 million. Now, here's the problem I have. I don't know anymore if that's good. Well, the other problem I have, which I got reamed on Twitter for, yes. is that... Oh, that doesn't include the advertising budget and blah 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 blah. So really, it lost money. Well, then they should post what the total budget well, was. The problem with that is that movies always lose money, and that's why you know that that was kind of the notorious thing that studios would offer you know their actors or directors or who you know their big people. Oh yeah, we'll give you X percentage of the profits as part of your contract. Well, then they go through and the account, you know, the accounting department goes, well, actually, this movie lost money. Sorry, even if it look, looks on paper like a huge success, because they go, oh no, well, we got we got to count this against it and this and whatever. And of course, then they got wise and they said, no, 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 you're not giving me X percentage of the profits. You're giving me X percentage of the revenue. Right. You know, even if it like one percent of the revenue or something or five percent. Yeah. So it's hard to know if two hundred twenty million on a $120 million budget is necessarily profitable or not. So overall, you'd say if you like disaster movies, watch this movie. I'd say you'd probably, it'd be okay, yeah. I can agree with that. But it's certainly a one-star movie. I don't think we can disagree with the critics. Like they, I will disagree with the one guy who said it didn't make linear sense. Like where he was saying... Oh, like it's a bunch of supposedly connected scenes that don't seem to even know each other and were maybe shot years apart. Well, like, first of all, they tell you when there's a time jump. So if you're not paying attention, that's that, your own fault. I think it's more the, the Earth space that there you have two storylines going on with the two brothers, and one's in space and one's on Earth, and there's no communication between them. I mean, there's a little bit, but only like twice. And so. The problem is, it is almost disconnected because, you know, we don't, they, it's like if you had a movie where, like, oh, we got the transmission, you know, like Interstellar kind of thing. Oh, we got the transmission from this, and it's like, oh, that was 20 years ago that was sent, and we're finally getting it. I mean, that's not, that obviously wouldn't have worked for the plot, but this movie, there didn't have to, there wasn't that real-time connection, other than the only connection between the two was this giant timer that said, Geostorm in 60 minutes, which, by the way... That is the most ridiculous thing about this movie, is that the bad guy's nefarious plot sequence gets started. You know, oh, the virus has started the countdown, and now it's going to do these things. And instantly, 
a giant timer pops up on the screen that's like Geostorm in 90 so minutes. The, I think the logic behind that is that they had run all of these failure scenarios right. to determine how this could happen. Right. So it recognized that that was happening. And so it knew, oh, this is the failure scenario where this is going to happen. Yeah. I guess I could buy that. I can also kind of buy that maybe there's, you know, in the future, this is a few years in the future. So we have like advanced or more advanced AI and algorithms than we have now that could kind of piece that together for the people. But you think that also that could help them like solve the problem? Okay. Can we also talk about the very end of this movie? Yes. Like Hollywood needs to stop with the sappy, optimistic voiceover final scenes. Yeah, we complained about that in Patient Zero in San Andreas when we watched that privately in Terminator Salvation in Terminator Genesis they do it too. Yeah, like it's just Yeah, they do it a lot. It's very tired. Stop it. There's no, you know, oh yeah humanity is gonna go us we'll rise up and face any challenge woo and it's like stop nobody cares. Yeah Jeez. Not inspiring. No. It's just because it's cheesy. Yeah, it's cheesy. Stop it. Yeah. Not that anyone that has any power in Hollywood is ever going to listen to this. But nope. Whatever. <laughs> so, Geostorm. It's a movie. Not the worst movie of 2017. No. Any final thoughts on Geostorm? I do have one final question. Okay. For you. I'm ready. I mean, we kind of talked about, like, what does this movie do well? Could you see a good version of this movie? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because we've seen good versions of disaster movies before. Well, the other thing is we've also seen good mo- versions of movies that are like the the espionage, you know, hunt down the, the spy, so whatever. So, here's the thing. I think this movie has the same problem that Highlander 2 had. It was two different movies that tried to be one movie. Yes, that's good. This easily could have been a very well done, straight up disaster movie. It easily could have been a straight up well done espionage, treason, you know, mole hunt movie. I was going to say Lockout kind of has that. You know, they literally are in a prison in space and trying to hunt Except down. But then Lockout, I that Lockout is, is just not a good Escape from New York. And in space. they lost the lawsuit claiming that it wasn't. Did they? Yeah, so they, the court the, yeah, the court basically ruled it was, in fact, a straight-up ripoff, and they had to pay John Carpenter money. Okay. Or whoever owned it money. Anyway. Yeah, I think it suffers the same problem as Highlander 2, where it tried to be two different movies at the same time okay so you think either make a day after tomorrow style movie or make a white house down spy hunt yeah i i see your point i think those are a little bit more connected than you think though okay like they it's tough because i did like the attempt for them to go, well, what's going on with our system? Why is it doing this? Oh, some shadowy person is messing with stuff. We have to figure it out. I kind of wanted 
I was okay with that. But then, yeah, like, I didn't like, I guess I didn't like the resolution of that. Because yeah. it just turned into Way Out Town. And I'm like, I've seen this. And, you know, it was, it was meh when White House Down did it. And it's not any better here. But if we're going to compare White House Down to Olympus Has Fallen, which one's better? White House Down. Yeah. Obviously. I think we both had that thought. I, I always want to believe that, like, any movie could be made better, could be made to be good, but I don't know what you would do here. I guess, no, I guess I do know. I would like to see a very original, compelling, like, mystery in this setting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think, I think... Rather than try to make it just separate them out completely, take the parts that don't work of the two and throw them out and come up with something better. Like a more interesting villain. Um, certainly more connection between the characters and more chemistry, but also like some kind of way for them to communicate, I guess, and not just, oh, hey, it's been two hours. This, oh, yeah, we, we got the, okay, we figured it out. Okay. Oh, cool. Oh, great. Well, we were worried down here. Yeah. Glad you figured it out, you know? I feel like, too, they kind of also cut too much to the disasters. Like... Yeah, those didn't matter. They really didn't. To the plot. And you easily just could have been like, oh, there was a there was a disaster in this city without showing any of it. Well, and plus, it was the same old boring... Like, you... You know exactly what's going to happen. And they're like, oh, the satellite over Tokyo is having a problem now. And then you basically just see crowds of nameless people being pelted with weather effects killing them. And cars crashing and buildings being hit by waves. And Yeah, so it's all stuff you've seen before. And there's so much of it that it kind of loses its potency. Right. Whereas, like... The thing about the Poseidon Adventure, which I'll admit I haven't seen it, but I I can imagine exactly what it is. It's essentially a boat that's sinking, right? And they go through. It's flipped upside down. Okay. And they probably have to. Oh, this part's being submerged. We have to make it to the next level. Is that kind of the. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. At least the thing about that is you don't have to cut away to. And here's what's going on here. Oh my gosh, people are dying. Like, it's literally just a race against time survival story. Right. And if this were that, like if this were just the race against the clock and we didn't have the mindless cutaway, like, oh, no, people are dying, like, it probably could be an improvement. You could have it, like, once and to kind of sh- show the stakes. It would have cut down the budget and made the movie more profitable. Yeah, but, I mean, again, the problem with that is the kind of people that are seeing these movies, they they want that mindless just craziness, I but, think. I am the person that likes these kinds <laughs> no, of movies. You're the person that this is a guilty pleasure. What do you think I do when you're at work on the weekend? I know you I watch I watch stuff like this. I know. So yeah, I think this movie could be made better. I don't you couldn't turn it into like an amazing whatever, but could you make it a you know, a deep blue sea? Yeah. Also wrong. Well that doesn't matter. Well, in the fifties. <laughs> So Deep Blue Sea is better than any of those disaster movies as far as rating that we've mm-hmm. looked at. So if you could make this movie like a Deep Blue Sea or better, and even Deep Blue Sea has faults, right? Yeah. Like it has, it could be made better. 
it's a little bit ridiculous, but yes, this this movie definitely could be made better. Yeah. But it's not awful as it is. So it's not great. No, but it's not awful. You're right. It's not awful. I didn't hate. I don't. I'm not like. Oh, I'm so mad. I wasted my time watching this. Yeah. It's not good though. <laughs> I'm not recommending it. I'm not not recommending it. I'm not unre disrecommending it. Unrecommending it. What would that? I don't know. What's the? He's not not recommending it. Or you I'm not saying to avoid there? it. <laughs> I'm just not gonna recommend it. And basically. If you're the kind of person who looks at a movie like this and goes, I wonder if that's interesting. Yeah, go ahead and watch it. Fine. That's fine. You will be okay spending your two hours watching it. If you're the kind of person that's like, oh, that looks way dumb, then yeah, definitely don't watch it. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of One Star Bazaar. As always, you can reach out to us on social media to let us know what you think and make suggestions for what you want us to review next.